0: This special summer series of the afternoon light podcast we're releasing the 10 presentations from our inaugural conference held on the 18th of november 2021 the conference theme was Menzies early years success failure resilience In this episode, you will hear from Menzies Research Centre Fellow, Dr David First Roberts, who presented on A Simple Presbyterian in Politics, Robert Menzies, Liberalism and Anti-Sectarianism.
1: So with the theme of Menzies, the early years, uh, this paper will focus on how the young Robert adopted his Presbyterian faith and how this nourished his philosophy of liberalism and shaped his anti-sectarian views. Now, Menzies in his latter life, of course, had much to say about both liberalism and anti-sectarianism, from the formation of the Liberal Party in 1944 to the delivery of state aid in 1964, but the scope of this paper will be on the formation of his ideas in Menzies' boyhood-youth and early public life. So, beginning with his religious faith, uh, Menzies was an old style, broad church Presbyterian who cherished the Scottish heritage of his church. Fond of describing himself as a simple Presbyterian, Menzies had inherited a strong tradition of Scots Presbyterianism from his father's side. According to Menzies' biographer, Alan Martin, James Menzies seemed to blend the strict Calvinism of Presbyterianism uh, with a more emotional temperament fostered by Methodist teachings. So it was into this religious background that Robert Menzies was born, with regular church going and Bible reading forming a major part of his early upbringing. In the household of the young Menzies, the main books included the Bible, uh, the Presbyterian hymn book, uh, the Ingoldsby legends, and the Pilgrim's Progress. Now, Menzies' Christianity was very broad and non-sectarian, but in public he made little secret of his pride in identifying as Presbyterian. Of his Presbyterian church, he once remarked, how proud we ought to be of the history of our church, how proud we ought to be to consider its roots in Scotland, its flourishing and growth in Australia, its vast missionary enterprises, the clarity of its thinking, the concentration upon the essence. As a proud Scottish Australian, Menzies saw his Presbyterian as as integral uh, to his ethnic identity in much the same way that many Irish and German Australians respectively viewed their Catholicism and their Lutheranism. Dating back to the 16th century Scottish Calvinist uh, John Knox, uh, Presbyterianism, of course, had been deeply woven into the Scottish cultural fabric uh, with the State Church of Scotland. So Presbyterianism, of course, arrived in Australia through British colonisation, and together with Anglicanism, Roman Catholicism and Methodism, it was one of the four great faith traditions of early modern Australia. So as such, it contributed richly to the cultural and civic life of the nation through its churches, charities, educational institutions and influential networks of professionals and public figures. Bringing a reformed variety of Protestantism to Australia, Presbyterianism did much to contribute to the evolving national psyche. The Melbourne Argus... Um, credited Presbyterianism for impressing the ideals of liberty, uh, citizenship, personal responsibility, public duty and service to the community. In his latter years as Prime Minister, Menzies affirmed these principles as the great drivers of democracy and national progress. As well as embodying the social values of Presbyterianism, Menzies ascended to much of its theology contained in the Westminster Confession of Faith and the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And so these included, of course, the core Christian beliefs in the sovereignty of God, uh, the authority of the Bible, and Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. But unlike many of his fellow churchmen, Menzies was not really a strict Calvinist who adhered strictly to every letter of these doctrinal standards. Uh, His own form of Presbyterianism was simple, practical and doctrinally minimalist. For his part, he was happy to go straight back to the Bible to draw his Christian beliefs and leave the finer points of doctrine for the theologians. As a Presbyterian layperson in public life, he saw his chief vocation as not so much to expound on doctrine as to give practical effect to broad Christian principles. In addition to Presbyterianism, Menzies was shaped profoundly by Methodism uh, through both his father's lay leadership in the Jeparit Methodist Church and also his education at Melbourne's Wesley College. Revering the Methodist founder, John Wesley, as one of the great immortals of the 18th century, he credited Wesley for breathing life into the English church. And forging a close relationship with a Melbourne Methodist leader, Sir Clarence Irving Benson, Menzies imbibed Methodist beliefs in personal free will, practical works of service, and this optimism in human progress under God. Like the 20th century Australian liberal philosopher, Frederick Eggleston, Menzies blended these Methodist impulses with liberal ideals. Both Eggleston and Menzies affirmed that sacrificing oneself for the common good was essential to the survival of democracy and liberalism. Accordingly, Menzies espoused a liberalism infused with Christian ideals at least in its understanding of the divine origins of human dignity and freedom, it was not philosophically dissimilar to either the British Whig liberalism of Edmund Burke and Gladstone, uh, the US Republican tradition of Lincoln, or more contemporaneously, the Christian democracy of 20th century Europe. In common with these overseas traditions, the liberalism of Menzies affirmed the values of individual freedom and dignity private property rights, free enterprise, class harmony, cooperation between employer and employee, as well as the freedoms of speech, religion and association. As both Larry Sidentop and Tom Holland acknowledge, Christianity played a foundational role in shaping the liberal precepts of human dignity and equality, which helped to deliver and define modern societies in the West. Like democratic traditions in both Europe and the United States, Menzies' own philosophy of liberalism was based on a conception of democracy that viewed all individuals as possessing equal dignity in the sight of God. Speaking in October 1942 on the nature of democracy, Menzies pronounced... That democracy is more than a machine, it is a spirit. It is based upon the Christian conception that there is in every human soul a spark of a divine, that with all their inequalities of mind and body, the souls of men stand equal in the sight of God. For Menzies, this foundation to liberal democracy was basic and broad enough to appeal to Protestants, uh, to Catholics, Jews, and other Australians of faith, uh, particularly when counterposed with the common enemy of godless communism. So the Christian ideals of the Australian liberalism that Menzies would revive in the 1940s uh, were evident in his applause for humane social reforms, the affirmation of a selfless individualism the pursuit of a good neighbour foreign policy, a commitment to a civilised capitalism and appeal to the natural law. Now, much of this character to the liberalism of Menzies uh, could be traced back to the federation liberalism of Alfred Deakin, as uh, Judith just alluded to previously. So Deakin himself uh, held to a non-utilitarian form of liberalism that affirmed the primacy of the common good, the moral duties of the individual citizen to society, and the place for ameliorative social reform. In this vein, Deakin had supported factory legislation in colonial Victoria and minimum wages to ensure that all should have what was their due. Such social reform measures had deep Christian roots Uh, both in the evangelical social activism of figures such as William Wilberforce and Lord Shaftesbury and also in uh, Catholic social teaching. Now Menzies likewise had identified with these social reform impulses of liberalism, uh, welcoming the abolition of slavery and child labour, uh, together with industrial relations reform as some of the great achievements of liberal democracy. Now, with uh, individualism characteristically representing uh, one of the defining traits of liberalism, uh, Menzies' own particular emphasis on a selfless individualism uh, gave his liberal creed a decidedly Christian inflection. Now, by selfless individualism, Menzies meant that whilst the state fulfilled an important ameliorative role... It fell primarily to the compassionate spirit and self-sacrifice of individuals to help the needy and to further the common good. For Menzies, the ethic of selfless individualism could be summed up in the biblical concept of being my brother's keeper, whereby individuals took responsibility for the welfare of their neighbours. Hailing this as a noblest embodiment of Christian philosophy, uh, this ethic was so foundational to Menzies that he once observed that the oldest expression of democracy was inherited in the question from Genesis, am I my brother's keeper? Now, holding to a common ecumenical Christianity uh, that transcended sectarian divisions, Menzies' sought to heal the Catholic-Protestant divide that had long blighted Australian society. Born into a decade where deep divisions festered between predominantly working-class Irish Catholics and uh, middle-class Protestants, uh, Menzies was all too familiar with the sectarian rancour that simmered in the community. And in the shadow of the Great War, Uh, Menzies witnessed the acrimonious conflict over conscription between Prime Minister Billy Hughes and Daniel Mannix, the Catholic Archbishop of Melbourne. Years later, Menzies reflected on this reality of his early life and he said, my youth was lived in a period of Australian social history where there was much religious intolerance Sectarianism was not engaged in solely by one side, but from my earliest days it nauseated me. Raised as a Protestant, Menzies nonetheless felt an instinctive revulsion of sectarianism from an early age. First, he saw the spectacle of different Christians at bitter loggerheads as really at odds with the message of Christ for fellow believers to love one another. He went so far to deplore sectarianism strife as a denial of Christianity and not its proof. To be sure, Menzies did recognise the tremendous diversity of the universal Christian church across all branches and recognised that there could always be differences amongst Christians over theology, uh, church government, worship, liturgy and the sacraments. He regarded sectarianism, however, as having much less to do with conscientious differences and disagreements between Protestants and Catholics uh, than with a mutually hostile cultural tribalism that he regarded as unchristian, illiberal and corrosive to the social fabric. Menzies' distaste of sectarianism also sprang from his exposure to a broad common Christianity in his early life. Uh, first, from the new community of Japarat, where denominational barriers between the Protestant churches were fluid, um, with his Presbyterian father having no qualms about um, belonging to a Methodist church, and second, from his student years with the pan-Protestant uh, Student Christian Union here at Melbourne University. Now through the uh, SEU, uh, the primary focus was with the basics of Christianity, on which all denominations could agree, uh, such as the nature and person of Jesus Christ, and not so much on doctrinal specifics. So this more ecumenical outlook of the Melbourne University SEU uh, contrasted with the sectarian anti-Catholicism of his family background. Appearing on the same platform as Archbishop Daniel Mannix uh, to open a Catholic school in his electorate uh, shortly after his election to Victorian Parliament in 1928, uh, Menzies was excoriated by his family. As his political career progressed in the 1930s, uh, he continued to confront religious intolerance. uh, When as Attorney General of Victoria, he resisted some attempts by Protestants to ban a uh, Catholic Eucharistic procession through Melbourne, and uh, as Prime Minister in 1939, he addressed a peace rally here in Melbourne and stressed the shared faith of all present by drawing attention to himself as a Presbyterian on a Catholic platform. As well as his broad Christianity, Menzies also saw sectarian attitudes as out of place in a liberal pluralist democracy such as Australia. As the elected representatives of the people, he believed that it behoved him to represent people of all faiths, or indeed none, with no sectarian prejudice impairing that objective. This was yet another point where his broad religious outlook intersected with his liberal principles. His acceptance of and ease with a diversity of Christian traditions accorded with his liberal instinct for religious toleration in civil society, and each was anathema to the sectarianism of his youth. As David Kemp noted, Menzies' resolve to turn his back on old sectarian divisions, together with those of race and class, was part of his liberal mission to forge a new political culture based on mutual respect and understanding between citizens of all backgrounds. Now, Menzies' fusion of Christian and liberal principles, which fostered this toleration of diversity within the communion of Christians, uh, had historical roots in the early liberalism of colonial Australia. Menzies himself stood very much in the tradition of of Richard Burke Uh, the reformist Whig Governor of New South Wales, who during his time as Governor put all religious denominations in colonial New South Wales on an equal footing uh, through the Church Act of 1836. So like Richard Burke, who was a loyal Anglican, uh, Menzies was faithful to his own church, yet he favoured an inclusive and common Christianity as the basis for a free and moral society. So this simple Presbyterian, who would become Australia's longest serving prime minister, stood essentially in a long liberal tradition of religious toleration, dating right back to John Locke and the first generation of English Whigs. Mediated through the Enlightenment, it was inspired by a Christianity that affirmed the inherent dignity, freedom, and equality of all people. Thank you very much.
0: We hope you're enjoying this special summer series of the Afternoon Light podcast featuring presentations from our recent conference on Menzies Early Years Success, Failure, Resilience. Today's episode featured the presentation from Dr. David First Roberts from the Menzies Research Centre, whose presentation was on a simple Presbyterian in politics, Robert Menzies' liberalism and anti-sectarianism. Next week, you will hear from Sydney Institute Deputy Director Anne Henderson, whose presentation was on preparation for war, the trade union movement and appeasement, And you'll also hear from the Australian National University's Professor Frank Bongiorno, whose presentation was on Curtin and Menzies. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to you joining us next week.